Welcome back to another episode of Love Life and Legacy, a show where we help you navigate through these hypersexual times in which we live. And today we're going to talk about using your eyes for good. A lot of people are trying, they're trying so hard to be good people. And they're trying to figure out, well, then what does that mean for our eyes? What do we look at? What do we not look at? How do we use our eyes for something good rather than using our eyes to get us into trouble? So we wanted to unpack that, Sammy and I, today. And we're excited because this is a topic that comes up a lot in conversations. Uh, There's a lot of people who are just fed up with feeling like a victim to their own eyes. So let's regain subjectivity over ourselves and our eyes and let's win this game called life. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Love, Life, and Legacy podcast. Here we talk about all things related to sex, providing you guys with a level-headed perspective that's tried, tested, and true in order to help you navigate sexuality in this modern world. Mm. I'm Samuel Yama, together here with Mr. Love. Hello, Andrew. How are you? You never let me get to introduce myself, Sammy. Every time. Every damn time. Love, and where are you today? Let's start with that. I am in beautiful Bali, Bali, and uh, my family and I are like the only people on the island uh, because of the coronavirus, which is hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast is just like a fad. Hey, remember that coronavirus thing? But it's uh, scaring everybody. So it's like, <laughs> it's pretty empty. We went we went to like the main beach here in a place called Lavina. And uh, just this guy took us. We were like, hey, what does the beach look like? It's like a black, black sand. It's pretty cool. I guess volcanic. Uh, and... And nobody, I didn't know it was the main beach when we left. He was like, whoa, that was weird. And I said, why? And he said, that was the main beach of this whole area. And, and there's nobody there. There's, there's, we saw one other family and then some guys playing soccer. But it was, it was like a ghost town. So, yeah, we're here. We're bearing, bearing the elements, which <laughs> not hard out here. Just some big bugs. Beautiful place. Where are you, Samuel wow. L. I'm in, Jackson? I am in just hold on, the, that's so surreal to hear you say just what I know about Bali. It's the probably like one of the number one tourist destinations in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Number one Instagram destination, I know for sure. <laughs> yeah. And just to hear it's like completely empty like that. That is that is surreal. I'm in another war-torn corona area. I'm I'm still in Seoul, South Korea, and it is and nuts it is, here. Yeah. Yeah, number two country for um, confirmed cases. Uh, one of the, the main cities. It's in a different city, so actually in Seoul, it's not that bad yet. People are worried about it, but you still see kids playing in the playground. the The grocery stores, the the shelves are stocked. It's not mm-hmm. you know that bad yet. Uh, school is canceled. That's a big deal. Um, basically, for the entire especially month of March, in Korea. They, in Korea, like yeah, school is like hundred percent of everything you do when you're a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. So schools are shut down, and then the you know, yeah, they have the the private academies, the after school school. Those are all closed. My so God. a lot of people, depending on the industry, a lot of people are are hurting uh, financially. Yeah, uh, like a lot of restaurants going out of business. So anyone in the educational industry, they're uh. hurting. 
Yeah, so there's that effect. But in day-to-day life, a lot of people are telecommuting more than ever, which is also a big deal. <laughs> I keep going back and forth saying, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Then, but Except for this one thing where it actually is a big deal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, telecommuting is always frowned upon in, in Korean culture. You know, that kind of more traditional wants you in the office. And uh, that's, there's a big shift in the mindset around that. A lot more people are commuting from home now. Um, but other than those things, just, you know, like you see, if you see kids playing in the playground, I think that's always like a really big litmus test or how, how drastic are things really. And people are still getting, you know, traveling around, doing what they need to. Of course, all the unnecessary things people have toned down, you know, traveling as much as possible. Uh, masks are sold out. Everyone's wearing masks everywhere you go. Uh, but in the main city, Daegu, where this you know, big outburst happened and where majority of cases are right now, they are totally shut down. It's like everything is closed. Um, they're hurting a lot there. They're having to bring in food from other cities. What? And uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, thoughts to those people. Um, my mm-hmm. wife, my wife's parents are pastors and they're actually pastors in a neighboring city, maybe like an hour away from that place. Mm-hmm. And it's it, that happens to be a huge tourist destination. And so um, they're, they, they're feeling it pretty hard in that because of proximity it's close by but also you know they're pastors so their congregation they're all people who are living locally working in something related to tourism and so a lot of them are out of jobs right now wow and uh, they're feeling it a lot yeah well you know pertaining to what we deal with it's pretty bananas right because i know there's a lot of opinions of opinions about this virus and it definitely seems like this weird phenomenon that seems no worse than, you know, a cold, but because it's new and it's the, it seems aggressive, people are really hyping it up, but it's messing up people's lives. Uh, but nowhere near as bad as porn, <laughs> nowhere near as bad as porn. Like if you look at the stats, if you look at a real virus that's affecting humanity and you look at how porn is, if you really look at it and beyond the data, with with testimonies, with hearing, you know, person after person talking about what porn has really done to damage their families, their mental lives, their spiritual lives, whatever. It's the numbers don't even come close, right? Uh, but since it's just ever present, I guess you know we're not on high alert at all with porn. Uh, but I find it I find it amazing. Just of course. Like there are people who have died, so you can't really make light of it. It's it's pretty, you know. I mean, the coronavirus. You don't want to just take it lightly because I know some people are just, you know, poo pooing it. But at the same time, when you look at it, nuts to nuts, for lack of that probably the worst term the I could have used. Nuts. Only to Only analogy nuts. that fits this scenario exactly what we want. <laughs> Soup to nuts. I don't know whatever the thing is that you're supposed to compare the the apples to apples, whatever. Uh, it's not even close in terms of impact, spread, uh, you know, global, global damage, all that stuff. But anyway, I just, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about, because yes, there's like, you look at, oh my God, there's a virus out there that can make us cough and, and most people are totally okay. Some people die. So you do have to be careful, but it's like people stop traveling because of it. 
People stop going out to restaurants. They're shutting down schools in Korea. The tourist industry is like is on high alert all throughout Southeast Asia, all throughout Asia in general. And it's like a it's like the flu, right? And I know Uncle David, the founder of High Noon, is always on high alert for like what is porn doing to us, right? And that's what drives him to keep on pushing and pushing. And I think it's worth noting, at least, at least, just worth noting. That's not, not what we're talking about today in today's episode, but just, just think about that. You know, uh, how much more we're ready to run away from a flu virus than something that's attacking our very soul and the soul of our entire planet. Yet we don't take it with nearly as much precaution or seriousness. If you if you really compare it, nuts to nuts. Yes, sausages to sausages. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry uh, and, for and all the work tell. out there. I apologize. <laughs> I totally apologize. It's such a dude. Time festival. will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. Well, uh, this uh, episode, it's you know beginning of March. This episode will go out in a couple months from now, and either this whole thing will blown over, or you know half the population has died, and uh, will oh, either yeah. be proven right, or we'll look like complete morons. Well, how about? Being an optimist is always good. How about that? How about that? Can we just agree? Yes. So, speaking of optimism, pornography. Because those two go hand in hand, don't they? (laughs) Well, today, okay, guys and gals, people of the world. Today, we wanted to talk about uh, looking at people. uh, Because this is like... For anybody out there who sincerely, from the bottom of their heart, wants to give their whole minds, their whole hearts, their whole spirits, everything to another person and create a love like from a fairy tale where you create a family that you are so proud of and are so happy to come home to, like this kind of love, the kind of love that inspires others to want to love more. Um, we, you know, we, I think most people would would strive for that and but along the way, there's like, there's, you know, we have billions of people on this planet and many of them are very attractive. And so what we've seen is that when people are trying to become good men and women who are just like really devoted to another person, uh, they don't know how to deal with other attractive people. Like, do you just not look at people ever and just wear blinders like a horse and just only ever look at your spouse? Or are you allowed to look at the opposite sex every once in a while? Or like, how, how does that, how does that play out? So Sammy and I wanted to kind of dig into that today. Yes. So butts, that's basically what we're here to talk about, is it? <laughs> well, for some people, butts, yes. For some people, even faces. Like I know some guys that are because I, I mean, I uh, there's women who I've I've heard from as well, but mostly I'm I help guys out, and some of them are so hard on themselves because they they looked at a woman's face for too long or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's just worth talking about because some people it's again like most conversations these days it's either a hundred percent okay or it's a hundred percent not okay, and then anywhere in between those two extremes. Uh, you kind of get lost because there's very little conversation because you're either hyper religious and anything is a sin that's not, you know, I don't know, just not by the book, right? Orthodox, or you're just 100% secular and anything you feel like doing is totally okay. And mm-hmm. I've, I've come to really subscribe 100% to 
the healthy milieu, which is informed by the best of both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, this is a great topic, great idea. It's so relevant to people in that, especially if you're coming from the place where you want to um, learn how to love your spouse and really treat them sexy and look at them and be really into them, then, yeah. you know, how do you do that? And that is the, that, you know, your, your spouse is the focus of all of that energy. Yeah. And from both of these worlds, coming from either of these worlds, it's impossible. Either, you know, you spend your whole life fighting against, I mean, you're naturally, first off, you're naturally going to notice other people. You're going to be checking out and ogling. Maybe not ogling, but you're going to be, you know, you're going to be noticing at least. I would, I would probably like to submit the fact that it's oogling. I don't know where you're getting this ogling. Oogling, oogling. Oogling, That sounds like a complete made-up word. Ogling at least sounds like a normal human vocabulary. So here's a great point. If you are <laughs> listening to this and you have opinions about this, please write to us. Please write it somewhere on social media. What is it? Oogling or Googling? We're, we're really hitting t- tough red button issues today. All right. And so back to the, the matter at hand, the other matter. So if you're coming from this religious world, so best case scenario, you learn how to fight this natural inclination to look at people. And you, you come from, you're, you know, you kind of train yourself to treat that activity as bad. And then suddenly you're in a relationship with someone and you're supposed to turn that off and treat this person sexy and be really into them and attracted to them. That that's difficult. And then, yeah. uh, and then at the same time, how do you keep that focused only on that person? I mean, then the other world you can come from is uh, you check, you know, you're just really into people. You're really into butts, boobs, and all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I'm, and then, uh, but then, so you get married to someone, and even if you find them attractive, then how do you that you have no training and practice in in um, What's the word? Uh, exclusivize, exclusivizing? Exclusivity towards somebody? Exclu- yeah, like, like of, of, only, of using energy only on your spouse rather than your spouse is just inside the bucket of things that you're, what you're attracted to. Yeah, yeah. One, and, one of many. Yeah, one of many. And so, and, and uh, that's something to develop prior to marriage is the learning how to hone this energy and this focus. And then so when you're blessed and when you're married and you're in a relationship, then you have the training of not, you know, like, you know, feeding off of the attractiveness of other people inappropriately. And there's all the stuff I guess we want to talk about, but then also not uh, just treating them as one of many, but then putting that to a specific person. It's a really hard thing. I think it is. And I mean, I think the reason why we actually are having this conversation today is because I just arrived in Bali, right? And Mm -hmm. the first thing out of the gates, like we got to drive, it's three hours from, you know, the airport to where we're staying right now. And right close to the airport is just, that's where all the tourists are. And there's all these beautiful beaches and it just so happens to be, you know, everybody's basically, you know, naked or wearing minimal garments, let's just say. The, the, their real estate is mostly bare 
And uh, I just noticed myself, like it became unavoidable, regardless of whether I wanted to see something or not, it was just everywhere. So if I were mm. to say, look over here and there's a, there's a, like a bikini over here, you know, with a person inside the bikini, uh, <laughs> then I would divert my eyes and then, oh, boom, another person in a less than a bikini, whatever. Just there's, there's, there was, it felt like there was nowhere to look where I couldn't get into trouble. And then, you know, I really put things into perspective of, well, what, what do I want out of this situation? How can I come out of this a better person instead of just, you know, being a victim to circumstances, because regardless of what you're doing in life, you never want to be a victim of circumstances. That's a, that's a crappy default because we always have some sort of power if we choose. So what, what do, what state do I want to live in, in those kind of situations? Right. Um, and I personally, I don't know, do you know, John Steinbeck, Sammy, uh, of mice and no. men east of Eden? Um, mm -hmm. anyway, he, he wrote, you know, of mice and men is like, the book that you're forced to read in high school. It's a, I loved it because it was like 92 pages or something, super short and a really impactful book. But he also wrote a book called The Wayfair Bus or The Wayward Bus, The Wayward Bus. Uh, and I got it um, from this old bookshop and it was like an embossed, hardcover, beautiful book. And I just got lost in it. And I'm not a huge reader, but it was like the story of you know, a group of people on a Greyhound bus for a three-day trip. And it's like the most boring book, except the writer was so good that it seemed exciting. And there was a one character who is an old man who kept on getting erections from looking at young ladies. And he hated it. He hated the fact that he couldn't stop looking at these young people. And they were young, young, like little kids kind of thing. And it was like this war that was going on inside of him. And I was, I, I read that maybe 20 years ago and I, it left this indelible mark in me that, you know, that's definitely what a lot of people go through day to day where they don't want to look, but they can't not look. Then they feel bad about themselves, but they keep on looking. And that's their relationship with porn. That becomes their relationship with you know, whatever they're attracted to is just, they don't want to, but then they do. So I really want to unpack this stuff because I've been thinking about this for a long time. And Sammy and I help a lot of people overcome their porn addiction or, or their compulsive habits. But along the way, it's, 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 it becomes about, well, what do you want to do with your eyes? What do you want to do with your, with your time and your energy? You know, that becomes the better question rather than what do you not want to do, right? So mm -hmm. let's talk about our eyes. What What's like a, Sammy, okay, real life. Because we got notes that people, some people anyway, love just to hear like real life facts and, and you know, stories. So you yourself, you're walking down the street, okay? There's an mm -hmm. incredibly, there's like a, a, a sorority of, you know, like a sorority. They're <laughs> about, they're out and about on the town. They're all very, very skimpy clothing adorned with like next to nothing. What, what we've do you do? The, we've got the car wash fundraiser going on <laughs> across the street. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff. It's like, it's like red alert. They're the, the, the alarm is going off. Like, what do you personally, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Sammy, you, what do you do? Me. Well, we're, I guess we're talking about uh, at different stages of my uh, resolve and because there's, 
<laughs> There's uh, times in my life where I can imagine myself um, stopping and suddenly needing to tie my shoe or, <laughs> or, or check, check my watch for the time or something. Or, uh, and there are times when I would be like really uh, resilient and to um, very consciously go in a different direction. Yeah. Um, ooh, how should I answer this? Are you trying to not get uh, in trouble? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> trying to, well, I'm trying to think of a. Well, let's say, is, let's say, like, uh-huh. like recently, you know. Uh huh. So there's Sammy ten years ago, but then there's Sammy mm-hmm. now. I guess we can talk about both Sammys, but like the Sammy of today, the father. You're like just to get really real. You're a dad one time over, and you're about to have mm-hmm. little Nino number two or Nina. You're gonna have or, or Nino. You're gonna have a, a second child. Second baby's coming this summer. Blockbuster. All the blockbusters come out of the summer, so you're gonna have a blockbuster baby, uh, and you have a wife that you love, but yet still you're a human being. Moreover, you're a man who's attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would happen in a situation where you're, you're, you, I mean, you go to, you live in Seoul. So let's say you go to, um, Latte World Tower. There's a lot of attractive people there. What do you, how do you do you prepare or like, what do you do when you're in this scenario? I'm just trying to get a sense. Yeah. Okay. This is very similar to, uh, more everyday examples, like the going to the gym. I think that's something a lot of people can relate with and have experienced of, uh, you, you know, you go in the gym and you know that that's where. You know, people who tend to have attractive bodies get them at the gym, right? So they purchase uh, them. <laughs> and so, yeah, for me, um, yeah, to be honest, there's I fluctuate with my like nowadays even like what I would how I I always end up going you know like oh yeah I need to be away from here, but as far as um, how long I indulge in that, it's you know it's. There's like I, one thing that I've heard that was very helpful is like uh, what you do with the second look. You know, it's like the first look you can't control. It's like you're living your life and things come into your periphery. They they come into your field of view, and um, so you don't need to take you know really take that on and feel feel you know really feel too bad about that. But the second look, that's a choice, and you know what to do in that moment when you have recognition and you know that those times you go back to confirm or take a second glance and. I fluctuate in like and how good I am with that second look. Yeah. And I'll I'll kind of kind of indulge for a little bit, but I always come to my senses and I'm able to kind of redirect that or go you know and it's never as bad as like I'll stop what I'm doing and just <laughs> oh, right. Like, it's like I <laughs> I always just go on, cartoons, you know, it's, you know, in the cartoons <laughs> and their eyes pop out of their head and they go yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like always it's it's however long the frequency of like it's in my field of view, right? And yeah. so I'll be honest about it, but uh to my credit, I always am very honest about these things with my wife. And she's always a part of these experiences that I have. And so if she's there with me, um th- and this is this so here's an experience is that um you know, we'll be going walking around there's a lake near our house, we'll be walking around the lake and there's people jogging. And I like notice, not not ogling necessarily, but definitely noticing attractive people. And um, I feel I like I'm with my wife, and like uh, I'll make all this effort to pretend that I don't notice them. And it was like it's so constricting. I didn't want to have that, 
you know, experience when I was with my wife. So um, one time I just acknowledged it. I was like, hey, Igu, hey, honey, I was, you know, pretending not to notice, but I was, I was noticing that pretty attractive person just went by. And what was remarkable was the way she responded. She was like, oh, really? I was doing the exact same thing. No, that, bad Igu, yeah. bad Igu. <laughs> Yeah, well, because she is. <laughs> it was, so for me, it was like, oh my gosh, we're like both feeling bad about uh, noticing something that we feel like we shouldn't be, and then we're pretending that we're not, and so it became something that we could just talk about. Yeah, and um, so those moments when you know we're we're there together, I, I'll it, it just eases the tension when I can just acknowledge, hey, um, however it goes. So like, hey, I just, there's this uh, group of. Uh, women over there or this person over there and I saw and then so you know I I was guarded myself and so I was like being really careful not to um, indulge in that direction too much and then so she's like, okay appreciate it. thanks for telling me or it's like hey I took like three or four glances all right and then we went by and then she's like okay yeah thanks for telling me and um or that's when we're together and if I'm out, out on my own and then when I come back and you know these things stay with me and and I don't want to feel, you know, and so I don't want to feel that they're kept from my wife. So, I'll, you know, I'll share them with her simply, and it helps keep me more conscientious. Yeah. Um, about um, what I'm stimulated by, what I, and what, what goes on in my life, and um, more rigorous about, uh, you know, that, that part of, you know, that, yeah, that part of my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's amazing, and I think that. Well, first of all, I do the same thing uh, for sure. Like, if I notice myself checking people out, I'll I'll go to my wife and I'll tell her, and it's usually because we're fighting, <laughs> you know. And I'd be like, "Listen, we've been fighting a lot lately. I feel disconnected, and I feel like my eyes are looking for somebody to give me validation or something." that can remind me of something nice and I don't want to do this. Like I want, I want to go back to you and I just don't, I don't feel close to you right now. And this is a great exercise too, because it kind of re-stimulates love. Like you can kind of recommit, but I've also, I like just in general realized that I, people in general, myself included in this statement are more apt to ogle or oogle people more where when they're in a lower state, when they're less connected to their sense of purpose, when they're frustrated, when they're not seeing limitlessness of life. Uh, I think that that disengagement and that disempowerment causes us to want to find it in something that reminds us of beauty. And so beauty is in the eye of the beholder and we look for something beautiful to remind us of something that we want. Like, it's very selfish. Like, I want to consume this thing so that I can feel better about myself. And I don't think it works either. I think it works against us. When we check people out a lot, we don't typically feel better. It doesn't satiate us. It's like eating a ton of Pringles. It doesn't, like, fill us up with nutrients. It just, like, makes us full for the for the time being. But it doesn't give us what we actually need. So mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely find That's that. It's like, when I'm struggling, I look more. When I'm struggling with life, and that's what I find people do with porn too, is like when they're struggling on a homework assignment or or at work when they're just 
frustrated. They go to porn because it's it's a form of escape. And in real life, I think people do that too. When they're when they they feel like you know nobody loves them, then they're more likely to check people out for longer. Whereas you see a young couple who's like really in love, they're they're only checking each other out because they're kind of totally just in, in enamored by one another. And I think uh, in my experience, you can always go back to that place of being in love with with the person you're committed to if if that becomes a priority. But you have to bring your eyes back to them, you know? Um, and along the way, like, I, I realized, too, that, like, certain tricks are, like, thinking about what my face looks like when I'm checking out a, a girl or a female, <laughs> um, that's, that's strong enough to snap me out of it because it's so gross. I get so grossed out when people I respect, when I see them checking out people from, you know, pe- like, checking out people sexually, it's so gross to me. And I get so disappointed. And, and so I try to remind myself of wh- what I look like. And I, I have big eyes. So like when I, when my creeper face is really gross. It's really uh, kind of intense. You know, I look like a stalker. But I don't think anybody particularly looks wonderful when they're like devouring another person with their eyes and, and their mind. It's just kind of gross. You're, it's like you're consuming them. You know, like you're devouring them in your mind and you're not thinking about that person. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up after this, but you and I were watching that video on YouTube. I don't know if we should link it because it's not exactly us or, you know, but there's a cool guy that was talking about like the stages of sexuality and in terms of like your consciousness and really the more you're focused on base sexuality, meaning looking at boobs and butts or whatever part of the body you're you're looking at, it's because you're in a very low materialistic state. And in that state, you can't really move stuff. You can't really make magic happen. But when you start to become a little bit more elevated, those material things have less pull over you. And you start thinking about more important things like internal matters, how much that person internally counts instead of just checking out their external qualities, looking at them internally, their value internally. And the higher you go up, the less you really are connected to the, that, that stuff. And I know it sounds kind of abstract, but it's, it's a challenge because I, I think we all vacillate day to day depending on what we're dealing with. And so I find that when I'm checking out females, it's because I'm in a very low state and I'm not thinking about the longer view of history, that person's history, my own history, history in general, it's just like momentarily I'm looking at their body and that becomes everything, you know? And it's only when I'm not yeah, really connected to something big, something in- interesting. Okay, everything that you just said, Andrew, that that perfectly describes this uh, word objectification. That's exactly what this is, is irrelevant of a person's, like the, a person's personality, their history, them as a human being, you know, this whole, this, the, this devouring, this consuming is all about uh, just this base physical desire and what you can take from that. Yeah. So as I, you know, very well put it out, because, you know, I think this is one of those words of like, oh, objectification, objectifying that kind of gets thrown around a lot that begins to lose the meaning of it. And so what are we actually talking about here is it's really dehumanizing a person and, and, cat- and boxing off their body into sections. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's the way you can get 
entire Instagram feeds that are devoted to butts, for example, right? And it's just like, yeah. that's all you care about. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know, uh, that, you know, yeah. in terms of like psychology and all that, I've I've read a lot about this and there's obviously, it's funny when people think, well, psychologists say, psychologists are so divided on every topic and it really depends on what their origin point is, you know. But one thing I've heard that I tend to agree with is like, it's kind of weird the parts of the body that men obsess about in, in women, that their boobs are like, that's, it's in a way like a cry for a mummy, right? Like mm-hmm. you have a wife, I have a wife, we have kids. Kids, when you look at kids, they want boobs when they're little. They love boobs. Mm-hmm. It's like their happy place. A kid can go from crying and dying and just ah, to totally happy in a second, you know, when the boob comes out. It's this, It's kind of like a, a miracle healer. Um and well, what's that about? Like, why are we so obsessed with boobs and and butts? I don't, I don't really get it. Uh, you know, there's obviously like the oh, Andrew, let me let's let me sit you down. No, and no, give no, you- <laughs> I don't, I don't want to trigger people, but like definitely firmness. Like people like focusing on younger people, people who are toned, this kind of thing, typically because it's a sign of youth, right? When we were younger. And I've also read from psychologists that say, you know, the type of person that you're attracted to is from a very specific time in your life when you were happiest and you associate that type of person. And it could be like a tattooed person or a person with a certain type of hair. It's hard to kind of go deep, but it's like, it's just reminding you of a better day. Right. But in the end, um, I just want to say that I heard a really good quote, and it only really applies if you believe in God, I guess, but are you using your eyes for God and for doing good for others and caring about others, or are you using your eyes selfishly for yourself? I guess it you don't have to believe in God for that. And it's the same of all of your senses, your, you, and, and including, including your body and, and every part of you, are you using it? for productive selfless means or destructive selfish means and it seems like our eyes are kind of like the last frontier in the journey of sexual integrity to be mastered so that they're used for other people so that you're looking at other people for their sake instead of looking at other people for your own selfish means which is like it's kind of like an obvious saying it sounds so obvious but how often do we actually look at other people? Like mm-hmm. percentage-wise, during the day, how often do you look at people and think about how can I help this person or what does this person need? Instead, we're usually thinking, what can I get from this person? Especially when it comes to sexuality and, and a, a, attraction. All right, so we took a real deep dive look at unhealthy looking, what that looks like. It's um, this consuming, devouring, objectifying, basically anything to do with Trying, wanting to take something from another person for your own, own gain, and uh, de- and anything that has to do with uh, stripping away the humanity from somebody and just compartmentalizing them. That's uh, that's you know unhealthy looking is with that side. And then the other, un- uh, oh, sorry, the other side of unhealthy looking is this kind of shame driven approach where you just feel yeah. bad and guilty all the time, where the, you're just like naturally driven towards this direction to um, appreciate beauty. And just to feel so guilty about that, and 
and repress yourself so much. And so um, I want to take a look at with you, Andrew, what is, what is healthy looking look like? And I'm really curious about this conversation because I don't know that I actually have the answer to share with everybody. And uh, so this is really just going to be like a conversation between you and me. I have some ideas I formulated over the years mm-hmm. and I talked about it here and there with some people, but I've never actually sat down and, and talked about this very intentionally, especially in front of a, a live audience. A live, live, post-dated audience. So I just, I wanted to say quickly that one of the most inspiring things I ever heard uh, about this topic, it, it obviously left a mark in me. I heard it when I was preparing to kind of meet my wife, when I was getting ready, you know, cosmically to be able to be in a state to receive a wife. I was going to a lot of workshops to learn about how to be a good husband, this kind of thing. And this guy, this lecturer talked about, imagine, imagine walking down the street and seeing such an amazingly attractive person, right? For me, woman, an amazing woman uh, that just is just so beautiful in every way, shape, or form. And then you say, wow, that woman is beautiful. I want to take that adoration and then go give it to my wife. I, 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 can't wait to go home and give my wife the same appreciation. I can't wait to take that energy and reinvest it in into my wife and reminding her how beautiful she is. Because the point is that what you love becomes beautiful. Um, that's why mm-hmm. people can be attracted to all sorts of weird stuff because they invest time and energy and emotion into making it beautiful. Um, whereas, you know, what you resent becomes ugly. And so it's, it's very true when you start to obsess with looking at, at women and, and, or whatever, you're just like uh, objectifying people, is you're making them beautiful. And in a way, you're giving away your power. And so I, I just remember hearing that from him. But, you know, to be, to be honest, that guy, I remember who gave that lecture. And he, in the end, didn't really live up to it. And so hearing these kind of ideals, like that's what I'm striving for, but I definitely don't always do it. You know, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going is like, I know it is possible and I have done it for stretches though. In my weakest point, I I do sometimes revert to lowering my standard, but, um, Mm -hmm. I do know it's possible and it's a muscle that needs to be exercised, which is like how to take beauty from around us and then use it to love the person you're committed to loving so that they become the epicenter of beauty to you. And that's all done through your senses with intentionality over time, over time. So it can be, it's like, uh, it, it's, it can be this vicious feedback loop, I imagine, where you're, you see something is more attractive as you invest into it, and then you come back home and your spouse is not that, and then so you get more resentful yeah. towards that, and then Absolutely. just feeds on itself like that. And so you can break that by taking that adoration and then channeling it very intentionally and very specifically into your spouse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one form of healthy looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh because in that in that context you're you look and you say, Wow, that person's beautiful. And then you unplug from that. That's the main thing, is like that attraction, that magnetism has power. And the longer you stay plugged into it, the more that it takes over you, right? Um, but you unplug, you acknowledge, you unplug. And then you save that energy and then you replug it back into a healthy source. So if you're, if you're married 
then you where is this where where is this healthy source located? Like where where, where do I plug into <laughs> it what? It doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't mean you have to go home and, and and have sex. It just means that you plug that attraction with you know to your spouse. And uh, I think that's just incredibly helpful. And it's again, it's practice. Just like we know what to do to get abs, but so few of us do it on a, a regular basis enough to have abs, but. This is very much possible too for anybody who wants to experience like total adoration and to to have your your one and only be your one and only. It is very much mm-hmm. possible. And if you are single, you can also plug it into learning how to love yourself and your future spouse and God and your parents. It's very much possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, um, what does healthy looking look like? I... I think back on my own, you know, my early days of transsexual integrity. And like you just said, the eyes is really the, the last frontier. And initially, all my focus was on dealing with pornography and masturbation. And then as I started to get a grapple on that, and then I started to pay more attention to the things that um, in, like encourage that behavior and, and widening that those that sphere of those triggers right and like uh, kind of what are more and more the activities that lead in this direction and being more sensitive towards those things and one of them was um which seemed the hardest to grab to 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 deal with was like in in life when you're just going about your activities you can do your best to um avoid all the all the websites and you know avoid certain you know there's lots of things you can make very intentional effort to avoid but then there's a lot of stuff that just can't be helped where you're just walking down the street and the sorority is having a fundraiser car wash across the street. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I was, you know, that was really felt like one of the last areas. And I was talking to someone about this, like really like, you know, what do I do? I just feel like I'm so in, in the moment, I'm so enraptured and like all my brain just like, I become that cartoon with the eyes popping out almost where I'm just like, yeah. my brain just stops working. And then afterwards, and I just start to feel guilty about myself. And um, someone gave me, told me this thing that I took to heart and that really helped me a lot was, and be more intentional about that. Uh, those experience was um, not like resisting my attraction to these people and, and fighting this, this, um, you know, fighting this attraction that I feel, but acknowledging it. And then what do I do with with that acknowledgement? And that was really powerful. So what I mean is like, so um, looking at this person as a human being, that's what what he recommended to me. And like, they have their life and they have their um, challenges of, you know, I I imagine there are challenges of attractive people, I imagine, where, you know, it's hard to believe, right? It's like, you know, in a lot of ways, they do have things a lot easier for sure. But one of the difficulties that I'm sure many the really attractive people deal with is uh, being really holy and loved fully as a human being. And a lot of the admiration and what they receive, the attention they receive is because of the way they look. And um, that can, I imagine they can get lonely. That can get uh, difficult if you're like for a woman to find uh, a really good husband, right? Like if the kind of people they're kind of going to go after her are a certain kind of guy. And this is kind of generalizing, of course, right? But, you know, just have, you know, doing this kind of thought process to help me sympathize and um, view these people as real people with real lives. And um, that was so, and so I started, I started experimenting with that and it was really powerful. So first to not resist 
that initial attraction and like uh, notice these people. And, um, and, and this is very different than, of course, okay, I want to, I want to distinguish. So like, there is like, um, in some areas I found, uh, I talked about this first look, second look thing. And I heard about this concept called bouncing your eyes, where like, if you notice something sexual, like an ad or something, then, um, you notice it, but then like be really in uh, conscientious about like where you put your, your attention after that. And so that was a habit I developed as, um, being very intentional with like even physically what I led into my line of sight. And that was helpful just to be in that mindfulness. But, yeah. but this is different with people when like, you know, you, you can't be a hermit and, um, and just shun all attractive people from your life. And you're, you know, you're like the barista at Starbucks or something or whoever, in whatever situation where you're interacting with people and how can you, um, deal with that attraction that you feel. And so, you know, this is where this applies and that, um, so I acknowledged myself like, okay, yeah, this person is attractive and appreciate the feet, you know, whatever feature about them. And then I say to myself like, okay, but this is not my spouse. This is someone else's spouse. And so I pray that this person can find a husband that loves her wholly and fully for who she is. And she lives a really great and happy life. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- relating to them like you said before on a, on a human level right um yeah i think that's that's the thing is you know and that's the whole thing about fantasy in general is you're making them out to be what you want them to be to serve your needs whatever those may be because you're lonely that in your mind you know you're thinking wow this person they could really love me and and all this stuff but you have no idea who this person is. You don't have no idea what they're going through. And I knew, I, I mean, I've known models before and like there's, the, especially the more attractive you are, the more that you have creepy people trying to use you for their own needs, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. like even, even at the level of being a, a model or a supermodel is like there are so many gross creeps uh, up, up in there trying to get a piece of you uh, for one way or another. Especially... <laughs> It's only amplified with Instagram, right? It's, yeah, it's, exactly. Um, I never and I never figured out what the difference between a model and a supermodel is, but uh, anyway, not a relevant conversation. A few zeros on the on the on the price of what you get paid. Aha, aha, gotcha. And like your notoriety, this kind of thing. But uh, in general, yeah, I think it's it's good to. I find it, you know, it just came up in this conversation, but the idea of you have a certain amount of energy every day. Let's say you wake up with with a full battery. Think about your phone. Let's say you have a certain amount of energy, sexual energy, and you can use that energy for good or for bad. And when you look at people, you're actually giving away a lot of that energy because what do you get in return for staring at people? Um, You don't get satisfaction. You don't get, oh, yeah, now I'm a worthy, great person. You get this feeling of longing, like I want more is not enough, I'm not enough, or whatever. You just get in your head. So you're giving away a lot of your power and energy, and in return, you're getting self-doubt, criticism, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever you're wired for. So it's like, I think it's just good to, to understand, even if you do get caught up and you start looking at somebody, that you pull back and you say, wait a second, I need to get that energy back and either plug in to praying or finding some healthy... Plug into your spouse. 
Yeah, right? if you're if you're married, <laughs> yeah. to go have a conversation with your wife and be like, listen, or your husband or whatever, whatever the case may be, and say, I think you're beautiful. I think you're amazing. And you are investing energy into them and that comes back to you in the healthiest way rather than investing time and energy into Instagram or into oogling people on the street or whatever, which is, it's a losing proposition in a very practical manner. And if you don't get a grip on it, you know, it doesn't go away. Just like that, that Steinbeck, Mm -hmm. John Steinbeck book is like, you know, do you want to be that old person that's checking out young people because it reminds you of better days because like, or do you want to look at them? I think it's always such a wasted opportunity when you check out people instead of relating to them on a sibling level because you can really help them so much more if you don't want anything from them. If you just want to give them support and help from like a very platonic, you know, standpoint emotionally, it's so much more helpful. Like those teachers that have affairs with their students. To me, that's such a gross paradigm because they're abusing their authority and their power for their own personal gain rather than really being a stand-up role model to these young people, which is what they really need, right? We all really need Mm. role models who don't want to take anything from us, but who want to just give us love and support so that we can grow and blossom into amazing people. And so that's what we're losing. That's Mm. That's such an amazing or such an important point you just mentioned about it, does, it never gets easier, actually. So where, whatever point you're at now, this is the time to address these things because you definitely don't want to be that exactly what you just said, you know, that older person that's um, still, you know, treating women this way because you get older, but the women never get older. They'll, they'll stay, they stay, how did you describe them, um, trim and and firm yeah, I mean, whatever, like, whatever you want, like, they will be there. Whatever you're into, it's online. Yeah, and, and yeah, and like, yeah, I definitely don't want to be that. Way. And and it's this this fantasy of someday where they'll just like disappear and it'll naturally go away. That doesn't exist, right? So this is really the time to to address these things. And um, uh, I definitely don't want to be that grandfather that's you know looking at my grandchildren's friends that way. And that, that's really gross for me. And yeah, I remember that what you just said reminded me of this experience I'd forgotten about. Um, I in college I did some like uh, I worked a little bit helping like for like kind of like a moving company helping people move in and out of houses. And um, there was one job in particular where um, is this old um, is this old is old man and old woman is brother and sister and you know they're both they're late seventies or mid seventies something like that and both really healthy. No, neither of them had ever married. You know, they just ended up living together for, you know, saving costs and things like that. And um, he was really healthy into skiing and, you know, he was a really fun guy. And um, it was like, interesting. It was, it was really cool how like vigorous he still was at his age and he still went skiing every season. And um, so, you know, you know, chit-chatting during the break, but then we went back to moving and then, you know, kind of pulling stuff and putting stuff in boxes. And I stumbled on this guy's porn collection and it was really like, uh, you know, and of course I didn't, you know, it was embarrassing for me. So like, I kind of just like put it back and of course I didn't like talk to him about it or anything, but, but <laughs> I was just left with my, my feelings. It was really gross, you know, just, um, to, it was really confronting also like, yeah, wow. It's like, you can, that's possible. Right. Just to, you know, like, uh, 
Norm, great guy. You know, it's it's it wasn't like a dirty, horrible person. That's also what I want to emphasize. It's like really a guy that I liked, and that just uh, one area of his life that this is the direction that his life took him, or that he took. However, you want to look at it. Well, yeah, just I mean, for context, right? Uh, who do you want to be? And this is obviously Sammy and I are two guys. I just want to reiterate this because I'm feeling it in this conversation in particular. How much. This is such a male's perspective. And I vow to you that we will interview women uh, about these topics as well. Um, it just seems like we it's easier to get male interviews and for Sammy and I to talk to each other in yeah. the beginning. But hopefully there will be a critical mass where we get a lot more women into these conversations. But um, I wanted to just compare and contrast two eventualities and to, to ask you which camp you would like to be in. One, which is that adorable old couple from the Up movie, right? Where they just, as they get older, they only love each other more and more and more and more. I mean, if you don't cry during the first 10 minutes of Up, you are you need to just go hug a tree or something. Get, get life back in you. It's like, it's the most beautiful thing. It's what we all really want is somebody that to grow old with, somebody to love more and more. So do you want to be that couple from Up or do you want to be Hugh Hefner uh, who had, you know, endless amounts of women, and uh, and after he died, all these, all these. I mean, even before he died, books written about the type of person he really was and how he devoured more and more people, but he couldn't get any type of real satisfaction. Nothing to make him a happy person. He ended up still drugging women to have them, you know, do sexual favors for him and all this stuff. And it's like. You know, obviously that's that's an extreme version, but which would you like to be? And and if and if it's the up couple, then how do you, how do you like train your how do you train your eyes to have a one and only? And that's a challenge for Sammy and I too, you know, because we are mentors for others. We we're having this conversation now in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people eventually. Um, and we're not having this because we want to force our ideals on anybody. It's because this is what we deeply believe in is like, I want to be that old couple in up, mm-hmm. except we're going to have a lot more grandkids because we have three sons. Right. So, I mean, ideally, but, uh, I want to be that old couple. I really do. And I want to let my wife feel deeply beautiful because of me. And I don't want her to feel, um, uglier because I compare her to other people. I want her to feel beautiful because she knows that I'm, I'm totally in love with her and committed to, loving every part of her more and more each day. And so that mm. it really does matter where my eyes go during the day. And this came up, right? Like just yesterday we went into town here in Bali, a lot of beautiful women, where are my eyes, I have to, you know, I have mm-hmm. found, last year, I have definitely found it is always a lot easier when you prepare yourself for the day spiritually. You have morning spiritual mm. routines, makes your life a lot easier because then your spirit is connected to the infinite and your eyes are more kind of like the servant of the soul. Whereas if you don't prepare, a lot of times your soul is a servant to your eyes and your eyes will always take you to stupid places. So mm-hmm. preparation in the morning and if you're really struggling, even preparing before you go somewhere, before you leave the house and you know, again, prepare. Okay, I'm going to go here and here and here. It's just like prepare before you go online and you'll, you'll do fine. And if you don't and you just – 
pull out your phone or pull out your laptop or whatever, you'll end up going wherever everybody takes you, online, marketers, whatever. And and same, if you don't prepare yourself before you leave the house, chances are your eyes might lead you astray. So you got to talk to your eyes and say, hey, buddy, we are in this for other people. We don't want to take, right? So I think I think I'm committed to doing that. Are you committed to doing that, Sammy? Absolutely. And and as it, this is very inspiring, but also I feel like we're going in a little different direction than what we originally intended. <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, to, it's totally fantastic. Um, uh, how, how about we leave with we we just wrap we we turn around back and talk about healthy looking and just leave listeners with kind of I guess yeah. for me this is very insightful what we. Walked, what we're walking away with, and you know what is defined, what what defines healthy looking, and so like what I got is um that it, rather it's uh, anything that has to do with uh, rehuman re, what's how to say rehuman humanifying rehumanizing, sure. rem, re, like remembering the the humanness of people, and that's like the litmus test for. Um, Anything that is, I think, a big is an add to your life or take away from your life was how connected or disconnected does this make you? And that's one of the biggest consequences of pornography is how disconnected it makes you from other people. And likewise, this this activity of ogling, right? It's the unhealthiness of it is comes from the taking and devouring from other people and and forgetting them as a person. And so, whereas a healthy looking can be anything that contributes to you your awareness of them as another human being and um and you know it's not about you know just rejecting all beauty but learning how to appreciate beauty in a healthy way and then um i don't think going about your life not not obsessing or uh, or idolizing right but uh remembering the 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 human being behind all of the physical things that's you appreciate about them for reals yeah i would say it's really healthy to acknowledge the beauty that god has that you know there's like flowers there's you know but it to obsess about something is is not healthy <laughs> to to obsess about, especially other people, is is definitely not healthy. So it's good to to recognize: am I am I looking too long? Is this person um, taking something from me because I'm giving it to them? I'm giving too much of my attention and uh, allow somebody to be beautiful. I mean, but what I you know one thing that I do is like if I do find myself looking at attractive women in particular, if I'm struggling on a certain day, then. I'll try to reinvest just as much energy on finding beauty in other people that might not be as attractive, like finding a really old person and saying, wow, this person's just as beautiful as this other person, just in a totally different way and staring at mm. them, right? <laughs> like in a, in a healthy mm, way. That's a great point. But just finding the beauty in all things rather than obsessing about the shiny things, which is why wars start because we we're chasing gold, we're chasing all these things rather than finding beauty all around us, which is much healthier. Um, because how often do they have people looking at them, finding the beauty in them? Like the homeless person on the street, what about them? Why do we ignore the homeless person on the street and stare at the supermodel on the street? That's not healthy. That, you know, so anyway, trying to find that balance of not, not 
not ignoring and not staring, but finding beauty in all things. Mm. Eternal beauty, the eternal beauty. Very well put. Anything else to add or should we wrap up? I think we should wrap up. I think this is a lot of food for thought. Um, but yeah, we're, Sammy and I just want to reiterate, we are far from perfect, but we do have close to perfect intentions and we have, uh, we, we, we're invested in building those intentions into habits and building those habits into a life. Um, and if you want help along the, that road, you know, sign up for one of our courses, consume more of our content. Um, the more that goes into your mind, the more likely you are to take action. So um, we have an online uh, challenge, like a 15-day challenge to really help you get some sort of momentum in your life, building sexual integrity, so that you can reclaim all your senses, your eyes, your ears, everything, so that you can do productive things with your time and energy rather than lose time and energy to porn or to obsessing about like in this conversation staring at people or whatever but to reclaim yourself so please go to highnoon.org for all of our resources and we want to help we want to help you build the life of your dreams so that you're in love with life so much that you don't have time for this nonsense porn is such a ridiculous piece of trash nonsense but we settle for it when we're bored or when we're stuck so we want to help you get unstuck. So 15-day challenge is really to get momentum in your life. So we highly recommend that as a good starting point if you're just learning about us. Well put. Excellent. Oh, so thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>